special effects budget. Wow. Yeah, this but think about. I have to imagine everything. they would pump it up a little bit. Like fire, you, well, there's I mean, only so much you can make fire look like real fire when it's special effects. Well, it's but, like Gandalf and Saruman. They threw down and there was no fire. Like, come on, man. They're wizards. Cut loose a little. I know in Tolkien's thing, he mostly talks trolls to death, but they've got to have a fire spell in there somewhere. Because he's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that the Hobbit cared. They could have done whatever the hell they wanted. He could have right. easily thrown lightning at him and it would have been fine because they didn't, he didn't give a shit. But not only not only the magic, but think about everything that happens around Harry, like all the like literally earth shattering, like like oh, yeah, a sure, bolt yeah. of force hitting the concrete and it blowing up and like buildings exploding and stuff. Like Yeah, there's gonna be like secondary stuff, but a lot of that can be practical effects and you know. Yeah. There was another show, what was it? Um... It somehow is often cheaper than actual CGI. And the monsters Wasn't it some... makeup budget. Uh Something in Mr. Norrell, which was like two seasons. It was one season. On uh, Jonathan Strange, Mr. Norrell. It was yeah, very they, good. the read magic the book, in though. that one was 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 pretty grounded. Was pretty decent. I want the book. What was it? I want to read the book. It, it, it Jonathan gets so Strange much and Mr. Norrell. It is. It it's really good. They did a really good job with the adaptation, but they kind of did it at a breakneck pace, so you get more quality out of the book because she spends thousand pages telling the same story. It, it hits better, <laughs> I think. But the adaptation was really good. We watched a couple episodes. I think it was pretty good. So. Never seen the adaptation. The book gets a lot of hype on BookTube. Very, least. very, uh, very good. It's just really long. Like from what I've seen. It's definitely yeah, well, to be fair, books like Catcher in the Rye get a lot of hype and that book sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did see oh, you started, by the way, Alex. I just, to the and I, and I, saw, I saw it right away. And I saw you looking smug the whole time. But I didn't <laughs> want to ruin it for you. You can ruin it. I mean, come on. I I have the the power to, to turn it on know at random. At what the live button means. Yeah. Most of welcome us to the Dresden Files podcast. But since Ooh. we ramble anyway, it doesn't really matter. Right. Member of the Broken Jars Network. We're going to talk about things and stuff. Last week there was an AMA. Spencer's back with <laughs> All us. Right, He's going to write out the whole peace talks okay. book with us. We had a few tidbits from that AMA, and and uh, EG is the one that is required to tell us the news because he is the encyclopedia that knows everything. Ha! Oh, good for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, it's a good thing I was prepared for this. Let me just pull that up. Well, I mean, I remember enough of it uh, before I even pull it up because Justin and I both asked questions. His got a little more in depth because why not? It was, I suppose, the uh, the um, payment for his idea being wrong that Fix and Lily were an item. Yeah. So, but we do know now that. How much of that argument we had on the air, but Fix and Lily, some of it, not, were not a thing. No, so. they are brotherly, sisterly, whatever. But Fix and Sarissa, however, are engaged in some very rom-com levels of shenanigans in the summer court, apparently. Which for them, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Half the summer well, court them, wants probably. them to do it. Half the summer court wants to expose them to Titania. Hmm. Yeah, it probably mm-hmm. involves a lot of enchanting sleeps and. Uh, well, yes, he did go a little bit also into the summer ladies mechanism of defense similar to uh, or, or contrasted to the winter ladies. The winter ladies is more violent and even Carlos got out pretty lucky because he managed to escape with his man parts intact. Yeah, I, it seemed like the difference there was consent. So, you know, because they, they were both mostly consenting adults and then, you know, the mantle in the room disagreed. He, he got to survive the encounter. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Important with winter court. 
I asked about dragons, which didn't get answered, but I had a little side question about certain famous summer and winter nights. And so we got a little tidbit about how the fairies apparently really didn't like Napoleon because winter had um, Wellington as its night and summer had uh, Admiral Nelson. So both played pretty pivotal roles in taking him down. I think... He said it slightly different. Summer backed Nelson and Winter was behind Wellington, but that seemed vague enough to me that not that they were the Knights, but that they were working with. Whatever. Might just be. Well, he says as for famous Winter and Summer Knights, two of the most famous came out against Napoleon. Okay. So. Yeah. Great. But Uh, he did say about the dragons that we get a dragon book. Mm -hmm. He said that before, and I'm glad that that's still on track. Um, so I'm happy. And to he has increased kind of the case files. He's definitely saying, you know, 21, 22. He's been saying that for a while, but he's acknowledging that the split of peace talks is a big factor yeah. in that right now. So um, uh, we got some more concrete got- answers that apparently people are more satisfied now about how the accords were only a recent thing. Um, right. So that was said and proven guilty. And now that's been put more to rest, apparently. Um, there was a, a chain yanking tidbit about how we've already seen Bob's parents in the Dresden files because he feels like torturing us. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the, I just said it before. Right. I know. Oh, the Archangel one. That was yeah. it. Yeah. That everyone uh, well, thinks that Mab and Titania are power for, pound for pound on, on the level with Archangels, even though they were only ever described as rivals to them, right. which makes sense in the in the description that was given in that it was they can use their power much more freely uh, well, and than even, obviously than Archangels can. Even this answer actually brought it down to the angel level. Like most of the angels actually have that kind of stupid power. They just, you know, can't use it. So I, I believe it wasn't it a little bit like couched in how like the carpenter house is protected and like any one of those angels could pro- could probably, you know, like throw down with any of the mortal powers that we're familiar with. However, they couldn't slash wouldn't because, you know, that's not how their power is bound. So mm-hmm. I guess if uh, Mab Titania decide to go step on the carpenter's house, then we'll find out. But <clears throat> You know, I imagine it would not end pretty particularly well, but I also imagine they would have no reason to do it. Right. Uh, there was some stuff everybody wants, well, everybody but me wants to know when the next Aeronauts Winless book was coming out. Ooh, Aeronauts Winless! <laughs> Anybody with taste wants to know when the good, the good books that our favorite author is writing. One yeah. series by one author at a time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Aeronauts Winless is a really great Everybody should read. When you've got six years between your favorite book series books, you got some time to explore a little. I mean, it still wasn't enough to give me to read uh, Codex (laughs) Alera. Right. Look, we got we got standards. Like we got. I tried. I tried several times, but man, trying. It's really bad book. Eventually, I'll sit down with the hardback and and just go dead in a second. I think I've got a voice out of my head. So. I think those were the major ones. Uh, unless anybody else wants to bring up another one. Yeah, Spencer, you were reading through them since you were like, wait, there was an AMA, but did you catch anything <laughs> else we forgot to mention? Uh, 
No, I've kind of just been, I, I just caught the, uh, the other ones you guys just talked about. I haven't made it that far. Right. Right. And of course, you know, our answer is just like high level and not very detailed. So definitely go check it out. It was, it was pretty good in the moment. And, you know, he answered questions for almost twice as long as he said he would, I think. So. Yeah. He went on for a good, a decent amount of, uh, of time. Yep. S one thirty or whatever it was that he said he was going to end. Right. Where are we at in peace talks? We are not starting far enough. <laughs> chapter. I was 13. thinking that we're going to need at least two more shows at this rate. Uh, <laughs> we have a schedule we need to keep to. Oh, so oh, let's yeah. uh, uh, book it. Um. All right. <laughs> chapter thirteen. Harry is getting patched up by Butters. Yeah. And describing the hounds of Tindalos to start it's, with, and then there's other problems. Well, yeah. He's got motor oil in the gashes on his hands, so he needs to debride them with a gigantic scrub brush and a lot of pain. Luckily, we have a winter mantle to mostly just make it annoying and, and ow. Yeah. Also, getting gloves wouldn't be a bad idea. Gloves are a great idea if you're going to start ripping apart <laughs> trucks. Well, it's not like he wore a glove for however many years because right. of a burned hand or anything. I think he'd just have yeah, a pair on hand. Maybe those went with the apartment. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, um, gloves are the least <laughs> problematic <laughs> thing he would need to replace from that. <laughs> no, my gloves! Oh yeah, Little Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a little my bit of a back work. and forth on the, um, the amount of damage he can withstand. If like the hands and skin might be okay, but you might rip your muscles off and your joints <laughs> to dust. And it's like, eh, maybe take it easy. Don't try to do things just because you think you can. What's that going to look like in industrial accident? So... Yeah. That phrase, he really liked that phrase, this book. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, then they do describe the chondritis a little bit of, like, what else is bothering you? Tell me, because I am your doctor. It's like, well, I sneeze and then things happen. Huh? Uh, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of trying hard. to stonewall me, butters. Got you. <laughs> and a giant stonewall <laughs> happens. Right. And, yeah. Hey, let me borrow that really knowledgeable skull I gave you. Yeah, so no. Bob would have been it, good it was there. Busy in the bedroom. <clears throat> <laughs> people assume there was only three but there are four entities in that house honestly if butters is stupid enough to let bob watch that kind of thing and it's there, then it would have served him better to be like hold on let me go get someone who might know this question then he could tell andy what's going on it doesn't come out doesn't embarrass him and we don't have this ham-fisted thruple thing i thought it, it, this chapter was very funny though i liked it like yeah. I saw some people who weren't big fans, but I thought it was. Yeah. I had a good time. I laughed. It's apropos that it was chapter thirteen, a very unlucky chapter that Butters was in. <laughs> Jeez. Right. So, so I mean, big, big reveals. On my boy. You know, Harry's now got antihistamines for his conjuritis because that's how you treat magical diseases. Yeah, I loved his his uh, Butters saying of like, "You're sneezing, take cough medicine," right. and Harry feels so betrayed. He's like, "But I could have think of that." But you didn't, so now you have to pay your copay. Come on. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Then Andy coming out because you know when you sneeze a giant brick wall in the in the kitchen, you know that makes a ruckus. And then Marcy's like, "Wait a minute, I'm cold. I should go see what everybody else is doing." And then now we know Andy and Marcy aren't just like a thing in college anymore; they're an actual thing. With butters involved. Yeah. And if you ruin this for me, I'll break your nose. And he said it right, and I believed him. <laughs> so. 
I, I thought that was, that was really interesting. And it made me think of, um, it made me think of Fix and how right. he kind of described Fix the same way after he saw, uh, when, when he saw Fix after he became the Summer Knight. Right. And, and he was him. like, he was like, you know, Fix kind of has like this quiet confidence about him now. And he looks dangerous. Like he, he's saying all the right things in the right way. And, um, you know, he seems like someone who's confidently prepared to start violence. And he's kind of describing Butters in the same way. And so I'm, you know, feelings for Butters aside, I'm kind of interested to see how much more confident Butters becomes and how much more, you know, um, how much more angry EG can yeah. become. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, he's, he, so I think Butcher in general is subscribing to the school of thought that like, the truly badass don't need to show it and in fact go out of their way to hide it you know which is why Correct. we don't know what most of the senior council can do and why it was such a big deal that Ebenezer and Harry threw down with the hounds of Tindalos and and Harry was so so out of his depth in that fight and we're still not sure like you know I think last time I used the uh used the Kincaid line you know like oh my god I've never seen a wizard cut loose and you know for all we know he still hasn't you right. know because you know we we see him fight with harry a couple of times and it still didn't feel like cut loose you know i didn't see tunguska so you know i as far as i know he still hasn't you know right um so anyway you know just going to the psychology of like fix and butters and people like that they get quieter and they get more confident because you know that's what badasses do so right um, speaking of Butters, do you guys think that, how long do you think Butters is going to hang on to Bob? Do you think Harry's ever going to get him back? Too long. I mean, I don't think Harry will get him back. I don't yeah, know if Bob will really. stay with Butters, but I don't right. think Harry's ever going to get him back. Right. Mm. Well, and, and I, didn't he say in, didn't he say in something that Harry's kind of like moved beyond some of those things? Like, you know, the reason why we don't have Bob and we don't have some of these other things is because he doesn't have time and it's kind of like a step backwards. I don't know if I'm filling that in somewhere, but mm. I thought he had. Uh... I mean, if he did, I would I would simply point to Kemmler and say, I don't think that sure. that's a step backwards to have Bob around. Yeah, it's just yeah. how Harry uses him, maybe, you know, and, and, the, and the like. But you're right. You're right. And I mean, I'd like to see Bob involved with the F new thing, but. You know, I guess we'll find out. Well, it's even, I mean, I understand now because Bonnie's around, you don't want that kind of influence. Sure. One way or another. But that feels like the kind of thing you could still separate out enough where, you know, even if you just use Bob every once in a while, like to ask him about a magical illness that the mortician has no business knowing about. Right. It, while you're in the same general vicinity, seems like a kind of thing you you ought to do well i it's funny too because you were talking about not having bob and bonnie together and i had a thought of like the the jarvis and ultron scene where it was like these two computers are going to talk to each other until one of them decides that humanity must just die and then tries to kill them, uh, you yeah. know like like that's it i've had enough i've got enough knowledge let's go kill somebody now so there's, there's not a single thing on this planet that would be able to convince harry letting bob your Bonnie is probably a good idea at this developmental stage of her life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how long it'll take Bonnie to finally get some like useful information to like 
learn enough to be able to put two and two together because all, all her thoughts are kind of separated right now right, right. she has all these so facts, if he asks the question that. as specifically as he can he can probably get something really important from her but she won't know that it's important until he can tell her that it's important mm -hmm. right she's she's a database she's yes. got all the data and not necessarily the indexes and the lookup tables and harry may not know the correct way to get to that data you know so right. she I, doesn't I have can't. the context she could tell you how to make a pipe bomb but she wouldn't know what the pipe bomb is going to really do to a person right yeah. and and depending on how, how you phrase the question you might get something else like a nuclear bomb or you know so fission or fusion your pick <laughs> I, I have 43 recipes for that so we'll go um, with number seven yes we oh you wanted yellow cake okay we want a different <laughs> cupboard all right, so Butters thing. Anything else? I mean, we kind of covered the big ones. So. Eh, I mean, no, unless we want to discuss the controversy of it, but no, we can. Nope. We can, we can Why? Talk. Because no controversy. he's the Knight of the Cross and he gets to have two girlfriends? Why does he get to a, have two girlfriends and I don't? It's because he's a well, schmuck and he gets two girlfriends. Yeah. I am sorry that Butters has a sword of the cross and game and you don't. Like, I mean, if you can't pull two girls with a you don't deserve one yeah i mean if i had a million dollars i'm pretty sure i could hook that up but um it's it's very 80s right because like they're they're in other than the dungeon master thing was the whole like giving him cpr right i forget the, sure. the book yeah. and the instance, but so you know, yep. like okay andy and butters kind of made sense in those little bits that you could see marcy and andy make sense butters getting to have both marcy and andy is still fan service. Is it though? Yes. I mean, it's certainly the thing that we didn't know we needed, but I mean- No, no, the thing we it? didn't know we needed was a romantic <laughs> moment between Gray and Kincaid. Okay, I mean, that's there too, but still <laughs> intimate, not necessarily romantic. But, <laughs> he yeah. said a romantic moment. Did he? In okay. the AMA, yeah, it was great. I loved it. I mean, they're obviously the same person, the same way Rashid knows this. <laughs> so you, it's only gonna be self-love. Which is just fine too. There, yeah, there are only two hired gunmen. There's the Kincaid slash Goodman Gray and Ebenezer. Those are the only two hired gunmen in the whole universe. There's only one uh, senior council level wizard with an eye patch who masquerades as God, Santa Claus, Beowulf, and the gatekeeper. You know, yeah. So, like, holy crap. And speaking of Bob's parents, come on. But that one I can say Odin is probably a good bet. Because yeah, I mean, I could, I could. You would. You wouldn't guess Cowl and Kamori. No, de definitely not. You know. No. 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 I mean, Cal. Cal. Cal was. Cal was Palpatine to Darth Plegis. You know, like Cal. Cal's an apprentice. No matter how badass he is, he was an apprentice to the Dark Lord. Like. And, and I say the Dark Lord with a capital V and Dark Lord, like people don't understand how truly indescribably scary Kemmler was because we just don't have context until maybe Ethnew, but because we've got to squeeze all that in one book, she's not going to be nearly as scary still. And Kemmler was on that level? They fought him. The White Council. The I know he's very powerful, but I was watching for decades. Not, I was not I was book, thinking not for a couple chapters for decades. The whole thing, all of them. 
I was just thinking more, you know, the winter, summer uh, queens a little more than. Either. Oh, it's. It, I I think there's a misnomer. It's the same reason that people thought archangels and the queens were on the same level. There's a difference between whether or not you can simply blink someone out of existence versus what kind of power you can exert on the world. So yeah. even Mab and Titania, who can exert much more power than an archangel on the world, can't most probably engineer World War One the same way he did. Right. I mean, yeah, even well, if they set and, up some dominoes, he has all the flexibility to do whatever the fuck he wants because he's a human. Well, and there's there's a similar word of Jim that's important here too about the power level of Rashid. Like they, I've, I, he, I forget the entire depth of it. Maybe EG knows because encyclopedia, but there's a discussion on whether or not Rashid is the most powerful senior council member and the answer is no he might be the most dangerous but it's not the same as being the most powerful in the sense that like you know ebenezer for example might have the more most raw power but even still you know dude can see through space and time that probably gives him an edge and also the ability to muck a bunch of shit up that he's not going to do because with power comes responsive okay you know but in but in any case, like that's that's where we where we get in the difference. So in IT, I always tell people there's the yes I can, and then there's can you? You know, the difference between having the ability to do something and the policy to allow you to do something. Like yes, I can format your computer, but no, I can't because of all the red tape. You know, it's the same thing with like archangels. Yes, any of the angels can unmake your solar system. But in order to do that, there has to be a second war in heaven. So, you know, they can't. <laughs> like, theoretically, yes, they can. But no, no, they can't. So, that. And does, does that clarify? Like, I mean, I, yeah, I get, I, I'm on the same page. It's just when I, when I said their level, I meant with all, all those things taken into consideration, just like roughly around there with their limitations and what they can do and what they can't do. And yeah. And I mean, but, I mean he might be up, up, up there. I don't know. Well, the same thing has been said a couple of times, both in and out of the book series about Mab's power, for example, is that if she was crazy, it probably would take the entire white council. And then word of Jim says, if they knew the right name to use, maybe they'd be able to do it. But again, all of them. And well, that's, that's what it took. exists. Right. But that's why it took, you know, that's what it took to bring down Kemmler. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yes, you know, theoretically as a Titan, whatever, she is, you know, pound for pound, much scarier. But since it's not going to take us decades to undo her, it doesn't matter. You know, like even if she did everything, even if all things ended up being equal and Battleground went off without a hitch and she didn't end up dying or losing or and destroyed the whole city. It doesn't compare to what Kemmler did. Right. Another example, just to get it out of my system, a hundred lumberjacks with axes are more or less dangerous than a wood chipper that you can unplug. Like, does that make sense? Like one of them never sleeps, it never gets tired and it never will stop ever. You're welcome Terminator fans, but it can be unplugged. Or we got a hundred lumberjacks that, you know, they're gonna take shifts, they're gonna do whatever. Which one's gonna bring down the forest, you know, like. Uh, my money's on the lumberjacks. I'm just saying. Yeah. Moving on. 
<laughs> oh boy, chapter 14. <laughs> well, the last thing important about Butters is no. Harry tasks him <laughs> with uh, making sure that all of the paranet knows to be aware, like everyone, everything. And then Butters drops that Sonia has been trying to leave O'Hare seven times. He had his flight delayed. Oh yeah, seven Seven times. times. Yeah. One would think after the first couple of times and the life he leads, he would just be like, you know. Hey, Michael, can I just live here for a little bit? I think something's going down here. So, you know, I'm gonna hang on. And now, chapter 14, he goes to the Wraith Estates. And, and this is where it all comes undone. Oh, wait. No. He meets Riley, who is the guard at the, the edge, He's and he Riley. is the one from um, Jury Duty. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I'm mixing this with Childs, because that was a fun scene. Anyway. Childs so, is Marcone. Riley, and then oh, you know, yeah. all the guards with the Beowulfs and I was like wait a minute I should actually look this up this time and I was like yeah, oh, what is that taught me a thing about so it's basically the same frame as an AR-15 or an M16 you know M4 the same basic frame of rifle but chamber you didn't know it by heart no I don't read Monster Hunter International because I'm guessing that's where Butcher got it so <laughs> like if I had to guess he probably asked Larry Corelia like okay so cool gun I need for my 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 guard guys what, right. why, why are we going with here one, he implies they have the same kind of anti-material stopping power that like a 50 Beretta, you know, for example, or mm. Barrett would, would be used. So uh, anti-vehicle properties, you know, shoot the engine block because that's what 50s are good for. Okay, so, so it's an Air 15 with gigantic bullets? Yeah, I mean, like okay. Desert Eagle, like giant okay. and okay. lots of them. Probably heat friction, probably a pain in the ass to, to control, I would guess, but... I, now I want one, and <laughs> expensive as hell too. I'd imagine. But okay, now Harry is showing up unannounced, and Riley is being the good bodyguard and does not like unannounced things. So he, hours he are says, over today. Call the house. You won't regret it. Mm. And eventually, he gets waved through, and uh, Riley says it will secure your car. But Harry says after you promise that you're not going to fuck with it because I have guessed right. Right. Which him getting smarter. Right. And then they, eventually the laws of probability. And this is where we meet Freitas, right? Yes. Yes. I don't like it as much. Yeah, I know. You... You've got less time to get to know her, but uh, so I, I guess the, you don't get her build up the same also... like more slow way, but I, I liked her. Yeah. She's the it's kind fun. of aggressive that not a lot of people know how to handle. So. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think she was kind of simplistic. Which is fine. Mm. It's not, but I didn't see her as particularly memorable to dislike or like. She was just, eh, she was there. She was a horny Valkyrie. Okay. Well, she, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, she had a good line by fucking with Murphy's Catholic sensibilities. That was amusing. But other than that, mm. you know, she was just, she was there. But yes, uh, Harry figures out very quickly that she is from Monarch Securities. She is a Valkyrie. Lara's paying the big bucks for the good bodyguards. And She's sister. So. Sister to Sigrun Guard. She is Freitas Guard. Mm-hmm. Yes, Claire. <laughs> yeah. And, and Freitas leads him to where Lara is in the house, which is the training room. And Lara's being an anime character. 
frightened. It's a very large dojo I, with a lot of kanji on the walls and she's in a kimono and a messy bun and she has a, a bow. And I she just, says, if you want to talk to me, you have to try to hit me. To train, yeah. I just pick up the scene from the Matrix and dropped it in for this scene. So yeah. I'm not sure which one's Morpheus, but you know, the point is, you know, she's there in the white kimono and, and doing the, the bow. Well, Harry's the clueless one, so I assume yeah. Keanu. I know, right? But like for visuals, it flips because like- He's also the chosen one. Harry's probably yeah. in the dark colors, but he's definitely not the, the like wise mentor and you think that's air you're breathing. So anyway. He's not the wise anything. Yeah, <laughs> wise ass. Like, is that a yeah, thing? sure that sure. that that's as far as it goes, right? The the this scene's pretty good because you get to see the kind of like Laura and Harry that you're used to. Like they they're having multi layered conversation and they jab at each other physically and you know mm -hmm. you know barb some words. Like he brings up some stuff about Thomas and then yeah. Uh, what was her response? She she brought up, it uh, was the Ebenezer stuff, wasn't it? Or, yeah, so yeah. also yeah. Priscilla had told us that uh, Jim had forgotten that he had already revealed the brotherly relationship between Harry and Thomas and wanted to use it again in Peace Talks. So I figure it's in this scene gotcha. that like, cause she just wanted to, all of the ripping off band-aids that you can do right then. Right. Uh, they go back and forth a little bit and Harry drops that uh, Justine is pregnant and she trips and he hits her and then uh, right. she asks does his grandfather know and <laughs> right, harry yeah. trips and gets injured right and then one of them winds Wait, up on top of the other because of course they do <clears throat> like mm -hmm. are you trying to use the come hither right and then everybody clapped you're not supposed to eat me no <laughs> there is no clapping mav specifically said no <clears throat> you're welcome different kind of clapping <laughs> <laughs> That's a millennial <laughs> term, and I don't, I do not Clapping endorse it. comes later, and it was pretend. Okay. Now that we're at this chapter, <laughs> and we mentioned Riley, did you guys notice that this book has an, an almost absurd amount of, of side story character, like short story yes. character, yeah. some references? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that's just because you know he he worked on them in between, and he made an anthology since the mm. last book i think this is the avengers assemble moment yeah. well yeah everyone's coming back into town he, he makes references to ghoul no, that's the big apocalypse trilogy that that's avengers assemble yeah but even erwin is coming back to chicago right mm. like kind of boggles the mind though that this is not uh, the big apocalypse trilogy the world ending yes. titan <laughs> Yeah. Yes, because his biggest thing is Galactus is still out there, kids. So if you yeah, thought there was correct. a lot of people coming together for, for this Thanos. is city level, then you worry about continental threats, and then you worry about planetary slash galaxy spawning threats. Right. That's the Harry's still not there yet. He's Ethnew should definitely be global though, but she's still going to be. I'm going to really squish Chicago because. Well, well that's, that's the thing. She's global in the abstract sense. She's global in the abstract sense because whatever happens here is going to start the chain reaction that leads to. The plan is to like just go from there, right? Just like well, city I, to city, I, I mean, guess. it's not stated, but probably. I mean, you just consider what they say at the end after she leaves. All they have to do is this, and then go sit under the ocean and watch the world essentially tear itself apart. Right. Well, and I mean, if you want to get super technical, she's probably you know. The galactic level threat because again if you don't deal with her the outsiders get through the gates slash you know game over man so right. well yeah she could i suppose theoretically go there and start banging at it with her eye 
lore wise, like like or mythology wise, it would be able to destroy well anything, I guess. Well, anything, yeah, but you can't necessarily automatically apply that to the reality defending super wall. Anything. Mm, no. It's not a wall, it's a metaphor. Right. <laughs> or I can't destroy ideas. It, right? All she has a, to do is she takes the like, wall is Batman. Mother. It can't be just simply eradicated. Batman is an idea. Just like the wall. Can we continue? Okay. I wish we would, but you people want to keep talking about this nonsense. <laughs> now okay. that we've got Batman's an idea. Uh, once they stop trying to hit each other nonsense, with sticks, by the way. Harry and Laura decide to like talk about what the fuck they can do to try to save Thomas. And Harry says, you should bargain with Etri to get him out. And Laura says, I can't do that because red tape. Right. The plot says well, I can't. Yeah. No, because if I do that, they're just going to assume I was in on it. Duh. Like, yeah, and if hey, really sorry save... about my man trying to kill you and actually killing your man. Can I have him back? Because he's dear to me. No. Well, I mean, she at totally, least has out uh... of actual familial relationship as opposed to if this was just henchman number five. If she cannot save her brother, she will lose her position in the white court. I mean, it wouldn't make, like, it wouldn't, you would expect Etri could make the same argument if it was Ivana who was on the hook, for instance. You wouldn't, you know, he probably wouldn't, he, he probably wouldn't do it for the same reason Laura's not doing it, but that's family. You can make the cut. argument. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't extend to just, oh, by the way, he was actually acting on my behest. It yeah, was... but both of them, neither Harry nor Laura, as far as we know, Laura telling the truth, know why Thomas did it. Right. She could be lying, but she seemed to be presented genuine in this. Yeah, I don't she, think she was. She doesn't tend to lie to Harry, so right. What if she's lying to herself because like... she's infected? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's infected. infected. Everybody infected just okay. over that. I can't wait till she has a nemesis baby. No, even Harry, because Ebenezer was infected when he told him that, so it was a lie. Right. Or Ramirez. Or well, Ramirez, Ramirez is definitely infected. Ramirez is just angsty because <laughs> he's still a virgin. <laughs> oh god! Guy can't, the guy can't <laughs> catch a break. That's man. spoilers for next chapter. So okay. Okay. Um, oh, right. that's so, cold case. No, I know, but there's also you know he he jabs at his sex life in the next chapter. So yeah. Boom. Um, Playfully though, not in. No, that was in no. Jest. <laughs> Ramirez goes pale. I don't think he took that one in jest. No, he didn't. But Harry doesn't have the context for that because he doesn't know that Molly yeah. almost killed him while blinking. Yeah, That's I funny. mean, it was kind of mean spirited. It wasn't playfully. Right. Okay. That seems what like that was like a previous conversation. <laughs> because Laura we're says that about the next one. Harry is the only one who can save Thomas because, of course, he is because plot. And then, chapter 15, he gets back in the Munster Mobile and he leaves Riley and he goes down the he road and gets accosted Ramirez. by wardens. Right. He's he's thinking about, oh man, there's so much crazy shit going on. And then, wait a minute, what's that in the road? Yeah, and he five people he words. tries not to kill. Yeah, most that? Oh, it's crazy shit. Also, didn't Ramirez go pale when he was talking to him about it on the beach? I don't think that happened here. No, it's definitely here. <laughs> so, Ramirez gets uncomfortable thinking about Molly several times in this book. Yes, definitely. Because there's also when they get back to the Brighter Future Society of, of like, hey, Lisa's pretty girls. And Ramirez is like, I'm off girls now. <laughs> <laughs> there's I mean, also pretty. There's also pretty boys, Ramirez. Yeah. I think he's just done with monsters or quasi-monsters. Like, you know, obviously 
never mind. So okay. anyway, the monster mobile ends up in a ditch, but he doesn't drive over the wardens and kill them. And then, uh, well, how did you track me down? Because this shouldn't have happened. And it was the uh, ink on the right wrist or something yeah, that Ramirez right. had, even though Harry showered in between them. Yeah, I, I mean, showered, but yep. didn't necessarily scrub and five. Uh, shut up, it's plot. So <laughs> that's for sure. I, yeah. <laughs> This this one was interesting as much because of what isn't being said. And while Harry's an idiot, he picks up on some of it, you know. So like, it's really hard to split some of the subtext. And I don't want to give like too much credit one way or the other. But I really dug like an analysis from a redditor who was talking about like I think really the entire time Chandler really is on. Harry's side and like is just trying to send him a coded message so to speak and Harry gets some of it like because he acknowledges as much you know so like you have all of Harry's warden buddies uh, minus Lucio you've got mm -hmm. Ramirez, Yoshimo, uh, Wild Bill, Chandler who am I missing? That's it. I is think that's it? it actually yeah so it's four not five because Harry would have yeah. made the fifth and then Ebenezer isn't there. Right. At first, it's, when I saw they were there, uh, when they, he said who was there, I was like, hey, it's the gang! And then they were all, like, being super confronting him, and I was like, oh, man! And, and it's great, though, too, because, like, people talk about how, like, oh, Harry's just being irrational, and blah, 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 and it's like, no, Harry gets irrational, but he starts out the normal kind of jesting, like, what's going on, guys? Also, maybe you should cross at a crosswalk or find an adult or something to hold your hand. I almost killed you, you dumbasses. Mm -hmm. You know, he's... <laughs> He's jesting at them. He knows it's going to get to where it is, but, you know, quickly unravels the they're whole... They're the ones standing there like they're the Power Rangers. Right. You accosted me in the middle of the night on a deserted road, regardless, you know, and he's putting that together, you know, uh, the the um, glibness between him and Chandler is fantastic, you know, the whole, like, you know, um, what, you know, what would you guys do, uh, you know, uh, what was the I forget what his line was He's talking about his PhD like, or whatever he was no 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 paper. no but like how how'd you decide who's going to talk to me like you know Chandler's oh. response was like don't be ridiculous I'm obviously the most qualified and we drew straws <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but just the quips back and forth really honor the characters I thought other than Yoshimo's got you know a bug up her ass considering that you know he's still a big part of why she's alive Wild Bill, I think, is just spoiling for a fight the entire book, you know, because all Texans are surly and that's what it is, you know, because like when they finally get to the party later, he's still like, you know, I'm going to punch him for looking at me. And it's like, chill, dude. <laughs> like that guy's going to bend you into a pretzel shape. You're out of your depth. But, um, you know, they they twist him into the whole thing like, OK, I'm, I'm going to reveal how I've been tracking you because well, Dresden figures out they've been tracking him. Oh, that was like the first thing of how did you find me? And then like right. that was before anything else happened. Uh, and Harry said something like, oh, so you just distrusted me right from the get go. Right. Ramirez said something of like, if you want to be trusted, don't do shady things with shady people. Well, not that, but not just that, but he says, you know, I was pretty upfront about it. Like I came mm -hmm. and told you, keep your enemies close and your, <laughs> yeah. like your friends close and your enemies yeah. closer. So it's a like reasonable level of paranoia. Right. Uh, and then, you know, through the conversation, they finally have Yoshimo, like, I don't know, smudges aura or something, you know, and check. Yep. He's definitely boinked somebody in the last several hours. Wow. <sighs> you guys, woo top level wizardry right there like you know so 
I don't know. It just, it's, it's. Oh, so... well, hold on. Before she did the aura inspection, mm -hmm. Yoshimo and Wild Bill pulled guns on him. That's true. Yeah. Because they were like, you know, don't, don't move because you've yeah. got to stand there. Don't sneeze. Get... I mean, he, he knows Yoshimo the least, but Wild Bill, I was like, hey, two Bill. Really? <laughs> we had a phone call in the Dresden Files together. What's wrong with you? Uh, we've been on a case. We together. got drunk together. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the whole thing is, you know, like, again, it's, you know, what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, but also this whole body language with the guns pointed not at me, but definitely cleared, like, you know, and at, and at this distance, they are not going to miss, you know, like Harry knows what yeah. the score is. He doesn't particularly want to throw down with these guys, but he probably could and would make out fine. Um, yeah. You know, Chandler's actually talking. He doesn't appear to be armed, but again, you know, badasses and appearances. Um, you know, it just, the whole thing is. It, they did everything they could to put him on the defensive and make him mad. They didn't right, yeah. just say, talk to us and make sure that you're not being infected by Laura and controlled and whatever, not infected, but the, right. like they did everything just to make it more irrational. And then they get mad at him for being irrational. Right. Now well, the, yeah, that, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Th that being said, do you think that Harry should have just been like, uh, when she did the whole like aura thing, do you think he should have been like, oh yeah, it was me and my girlfriend, or do you think he was in the right for being like, I don't like, think it obviously. Mattered. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, what is it? So he says it's my girlfriend. I was with Murphy. What does that alleviate? Are they going to believe him? Right. They don't trust I him. I mean, so. it's, it's better than him just walking away like he did, right? I don't know because then what? Then what's the next step? You got to take us to Murphy's. We have to interrogate her to see if this Correct, is true. Yeah. We got to mind magic her to see if this is right. what's. Going on. I mean, where does it end with these people? And it's I, the, I would assume it would end with Murphy. Conversation trope. Like, let's not diffuse the drama in a thirty-second conversation. But you know, like they are coming at him like counsel and treating him like a warlock. So it pushed his right. buttons. You know, like that's the thing. It's like you know, Harry's, Harry's lying towards the end of it, right? You know, which one of us was definitely wronged and which one of us owes the other one an apology because, right. you know, Harry has treated you guys like friends the entire time and you've treated him like a monster. Like, not it, just like, you know, sure, the enthralled is there, but, you know, they think he's actually in on whatever's going on, you know. And it raises the question, at, at what point in Harry's life is he not treated like a warlock anymore because we haven't we haven't really seen any wardens come at him for a few books now um but for the whole entirety of the you know the beginning of the series to the middle uh all these wardens were coming at him like he was a warlock and then there was kind of a break for a while and now even after all this stuff he's done after all these years in the council people are still coming at him like this so it's like when does it end? And especially and we'll, with uh, these aren't question. these aren't old wardens coming at him on this on this road. These are like the new generation of wardens. So it's right. like, does it ever stop? Yeah, the these are friends. Uh, possibly, maybe it gets cleared this, up in but... in battlegrounds. Of they are also trying to vote him out of the council in general. But yeah. we see in in uh, Christmas Eve, right, that he's still considered part of it. So right. maybe it kind of forces them to accept him more. 
but there's always yeah. going to be something as long especially as long as he's the winter night i mean yeah. there's going to be I, I mean, thoughts would... and motivations and people are going to question his every chance they get especially ramirez who's got first-hand experience of almost being killed by one so i mean i i would think that at some point that trope has to end right like they can't like no. Jim, I, I I would doubt that Jim's gonna keep falling back to that every couple books, right? Like it's gotta it's gotta come to a head. I mean, the Denarians come every fifth book. It's certain tropes. <laughs> just I think yeah. I think this is probably the but, second to last time we're gonna see it. In the sense that I think this is gonna be the last time that they're gonna try and kick him out of the council per se, like this directly. And then I mean, this is of course subscribing to my tinfoil hat there tinfoil hat theory that harry's going to wind up you know to be in charge in some way you know like one way or another like i think that's part of his ultimate arc but maybe maybe not um you know because the, the thing that bothers me the most about this is how yeah they're the ebenezer tells him that they're bringing up this vote again and one of their motivations is that irregularities about him becoming a wizard which was dealt with back in like summer night for christ's Correct. sake and then you were talking about like, when does it end? Well, it was largely put to bed in fucking deadbeat when he was made a warden. And so when you have the captain of the wardens, like put that to bed. Now, obviously it wasn't put to the bed for everybody, right? But for the larger council it was. And like Morgan still thinks that he's a warlock because that's their fight. Um, you get a little bit of it from the Merlin in Proven Guilty, I think. Uh, and so like the people that know better always have that, you know, like, okay, you are quitted in front of the entire council, but I still think you're a loose cannon. You've still got some of that running around, you know, up through turncoat. But I think at that point, like, you know, he uncovered the plot, he rooted this out, whatever, you know, the, the aspersions now should have been, he's not our guy because he's the winter night, not he's not our guy because he's always been a warlock and he's always blah, 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 like, because that should have been put to bed, but that's not apparently what we're getting in this story right now. And, and I think some of this is, you know, Ramirez because of his, you know, he thought he could trust Molly and now he's not sure he can trust Dresden because he doesn't know how the mantles work and he doesn't know how much of what is involuntary versus how much people have been taken over. He's been somewhat suspicious of Dresden since uh, White Knight, you know, because of the Camp Kaboom, uh, because yeah. of, of Lashiel, you know. So like Ramirez has got baggage. Uh, again, Wild Bill just seems to be spoiling for a fight. And I really don't know why Yoshimo woke up on the side of the bed she did, but she's obviously yeah. pissed off too. But underneath it all, like what legitimizes what, it, from their perspective, what they're trying to do is that uh, is that Lucio told them to bring him in. And so if that's true, then Lucio thinks that whatever's going on is bad enough to, you know, not talk to Ebenezer about it to try to get him brought in. Or maybe Ebenezer told Lucio to, you know, like, how deep yeah. does this go? Because they think that's the more important fight, even though, you know, Ebenezer also acknowledges that, like, you know, it's a distraction, but you got to deal with it because it still may kill you. Um, it, I don't know. It's just, it's tangled. It's obviously fucked. You know, they didn't at all consider things from Harry's perspective. Chandler comes at him with a similar kind of list that, uh, you know, Rashid does in Turncoat with the whole like, well, this is what you've been doing. And he's like, yeah, that looks mighty damn suspicious, but nobody's asking Harry because they already don't trust him. Because what's he going to do? Right. What's he going to tell them? What's he going to do to prove it? And then they're like, who you've been boinking? <laughs> like, 
Fuck yeah. you. I got nothing to hide. I, I got no power. I got I got no white court contacts. If you asked me who I was blinking, I might tell you to fuck off. Like, and I'm married with two kids, you know, like, come on, you know, like that sort of thing. But also the fact that, like you said, shouldn't this be put to bed by now? How many, how many decades have they been holding this over Harry that, you know, it was clearly killed in self-defense. I'm going to have a hard time if this turned out to actually be Lucio's plan because she of all people knows better. Not only does she have the intimate relationship with Harry, she knows the context of who Thomas is to him. There is absolutely no way this is a smart plan if she's the one who came up with it. She knows how he's going to react even if all things are equal. Mm -hmm. Plus you add on the context of everything. There's no reason for her not to go there herself if she really thinks this is a problem or to make it more explicitly clear something in her own hand that this is why it's her concern. We need to talk, even if she can't physically go there. I would, I would like Preach to it, see brother. that this is, this is somehow related to Nemesis and evil phone, telephone game, where it's like, yes, I told you to do the thing, but you took it out of context slash were pushed by somebody who wanted you to, you know, do X, Y, Z. Well, it doesn't even need that. It could be, I mean, you could see, I mean, think about it like if it was Morgan in this place, if Lucio gave him an order to go do, how much more antagonistical would he be on top of it because of his own prejudice? So right. now if you have someone like Ramirez who's gone through all this and is already now predisposed to being wary and possibly even angry. Mm-hmm. So now you've got the guy who's basically leading the charge, who's who's amplifying this in ways that don't need to be amplified. It, it also occurs to me just now that this might be another trope that we haven't recognized yet that is just amped up to 11 and twisted a little bit in the sense that like up until let's say, I mean, including changes, right? There's always, we can't do this, that, or the other thing because then Chicago PD are going to get involved and then I'm going to spend the weekend in the slammer answering questions instead of whatever. That's what this is entirely just at the wizard level, right? They were like, look, it's probably nothing. You probably are innocent, but we have to take you in because it looks like you're guilty as shit. And, you know, he, well, no, I can't just come answer questions, Captain Lucio, plus the wizardy stuff that you guys are going to do you know, get deeper down into my aura, check if I've murdered anybody lately or whatever, you know, because that's, that's how Chandler seems to imply that Lucio wanted the conversation to go down is that we just want to talk. The captain wants to talk to you. She told us to bring you in. Everybody else has got, you know, their chip on their shoulder, their baggage that they brought with, you know, so. But you have her and the way she communicated with him and changes. It just, that worked. It was fine. Same same envoy is right there. Right. Figure out a better way. Well, he's the winter night now. Yeah. So, but I don't know. So, some of that stuff is handled weirdly in this book to me too. So I can understand that. But if there's only so much you can stretch that, if you're going to keep coming to him with, under these guises, at mm-hmm. some point you have to put that aside or else you absolutely get nowhere. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But yeah, like at some point you've got to decide to trust him whether you're left open or not, you know? And Ramirez it's like, it's, it's, you know? it's just like with Butters. It's just like with this. At some point, you it's who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Right. But in this case, they, you know, Harry's not actually lying to them. And they have, what do you believe? Your experiences with the guy or what you worry about when you go to sleep at night? I mean, he, he worries about nearly getting his dick bit off. 
off. That's what he worries about. Right. So, yeah. so I, so yeah, that's from, also it, experience. I get that. And I get that from Ramirez's perspective specifically. Right. I understand his, why he might act like this, why he would worry about this, why he would view it this way. I don't know. Chandler was fine to me. He wasn't particularly out of character or anything right. one way or the other. He just seems like the pragmatic type. The other two, and in general, the whole air of it is just, it's too much. Well, and the more we talk about it, the more suspicious I am of Yoshimo, right? Like, not in the sense that like, oh my God, now she has to have Nemesis, whatever. No, I just, I don't understand her motivations. You know, like she's fought beside Harry multiple times, just like everybody else. And she's never had a problem with it before. Um, you know, all of these wardens, except for Chandler, were in Warcry. So if we want to talk right. about- throw, so If we decide that Warcry other... is canon, yeah. they all fought with Thomas themselves. True. Also true, because he was in that there too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. but that's why it, that was the whole point of the opening, right? That he changed it from from the, the events yeah. of Warcry to the Deeps. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, Ramirez has experience with him. Mm -hmm. Right. So the other two, not having it or not having it, one way or the other, is almost irrelevant. Right. Yeah. Okay. In any case, they were dicks. They, you know, Harry told them off because that's what Harry does. Like, if you go poke the bear, you may get bit. That they should have known full damn well what was going to happen if they pushed these buttons. They, there are a dozen other ways they could have handled this. Even if they were tracking him, even if everything, why did you encounter him in the middle of a deserted road at night unless you thought you were going to throw down? Because you didn't trust him because you were being an asshole. So you could hide the bodies. <laughs> Well, or, you know, throw throw fire without any civilian casualties, you know, so right. you, you were ready for a fight and you knew damn well what you were doing. So, you know, this isn't Harry being irrational, even though he may not have helped things, you know, you expected fire to behave otherwise, <laughs> you know, like you knew what you were going to get out of that. And we, we try to understand Ramirez's motivation so we don't have a, you know, he's irrational and stupid like Butters moment, but... Hopefully, you know, we do get an on-screen apology because Harry calls him out on it as opposed to Butters, you know, mm -hmm. you do and you will, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. he drives off, you know, so. And then uh, he gets all angsty because he enchanted his cape later, which is like, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, of all the stupid shit, he's like, I'm going to have to apologize to Ramirez. And then it's like a magical wedgie. And I'm like, bro, like you didn't even give him a swirly, like chill yeah, out. Right. <laughs> Come on. I wouldn't. Like, yes, I am sorry for using magic against you, my fellow wizard. The end. That is the apology where it's like, Harry, I'm sorry I tracked you over the course of 24 hours and, and accused you of being yeah. a fucking dark lord. Like, yeah. get some perspective, man. Yeah. Shall we attempt to cover oh, chapter 16? Sorry. One other thing. <laughs> Probably not. Because I, because I noted it, Yoshimo, of all people, you know, Harry's explaining like, well, I was talking to Lara because blah, blah, blah. And Yoshimo's like, vampire is not to be trusted. And it's like, bitch, who are you fucking talking to? I, <laughs> goddamn, I am legend. I fucking yeah. took out the red court and you're going to tell me vampires are not to be trusted. I started and ended the vampire war. And she's like, vampires are not to be trusted. Oh, cool. Oh, they, yeah. It's for adding to the conversation. God. Anyway, now we can. That was that was all the indignation <laughs> of youth and stupidity. Oh yeah, it was so great. Like why? Okay. 
we're, we're just because we cannot end at only three chapters. We're going to cover chapter no, 16. Yeah, we got to go. Okay, Let's so uh, Harry drives away all pissed off and he uh, decides to be clever and uh, get some help by summoning Molly. Yes. So he goes to a like truck stop and he buys a shower and yeah, now he scrubs for like an hour or something, gets some supplies and then finds a the beach and starts walking into the middle of nowhere so that he can get uh, an, an empty area to set up a summoning circle. And he puts down, let me see if I can get the things. Nutella. It's a, it's a, Nutella, Dr. Pepper, oh, Dr. Um, and watermelon uh, ring pop, Yeah. sandpaper, rough side up, and an image of Lady Gaga-esque person. <laughs> like with or without the meat suit because it's winter cold. It was tires. He said like she's covered in, dressed in tire scraps and looks a bit cold. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Could have been her or Miley Cyrus. So the Michelin woman got it. Yeah. And Margaret she... Catherine Amanda Carpenter, because every woman close to him has to be named Margaret. Right. Also yeah. four names because wizards have four names. Because Irish, maybe. And with an M. Irish. I thought it was coming. That was an Irish thing. Harry like... dressed in cop. Oh yeah, but like Ebenezer dressed in German. Something McCoy. <laughs> dressed in his German. Okay. And he summons her three times. And eventually does say, come on, malls, which is his favorite way of calling her. Um, And then the youngest queen of fairy stood in the circle and she's in a business suit and her phone is now fried. She is annoyed. She has a phone, so she doesn't have to be summoned. Not that he can call her very easy, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, it's more important because the wardens are doing this tricky thing with cell phones now. So they have magic that somehow can scope that out. So. Well, they have hirelings. They can yeah. do it the old-fashioned yeah, well, they, way. They used to. They used to have people like, you know, the Fellowship of St. Giles take their phone calls. But now, <laughs> those guys also dead because of Harry Dresden. <laughs> just to ride that train. Vampires cannot be trusted. Right. <laughs> uh, he gets her caught up on things are getting bad. Can't risk phone calls. As she complains about the strangest feeling of being summoned. And then, and then she's like, the, ha ha, funny, let me out. <laughs> yeah, well, she eats the Nutella and the uh, uh, ring pop by dipping the ring pop in the Ugh, I mean, that's just, ugh. Yeah, yeah. it depends what flavor. Molly. Watermelon. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Like, I mm. love me both of those things, but not together. So, you put you a were, ring pop in my chocolate. She's trying to get Harry to, to eat healthy. Well, she is an immortal lady of the Fae now, so yeah, she so is, is actually immune to like. Gotta lead by example. Well, he didn't have any babies nearby, so this is what he did, and he he was summoning Molly. He wasn't summoning like the I don't winter. know that it's weird because you'd think that the Winter Night could you know affect a better summoning than that, and yet all of the things well, were targeted at her. I don't understand why he needed all the bells and whistles for this. He can go like he did in Deadbeat to stand on the shores of a lake and whistle, try and whistle up Leah without all, anything. And that was just his godmother and he wasn't even tied to winter. Bad, 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 I summoned me. <laughs> but even that, okay, that's so even that's in a giant summoning circle, yeah. Right. But even guys like Uriel, where he's just like looking around, it's like, hey, when you got a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, you're, you're summoning the winter lady under your official... He makes that the point. He needs right, a favor, right. knight to lady. I don't understand why he needed all the bells and whistles other than to show us more 
that Molly is not human-ish. Right, right, for fun, I guess. To make it well, easier. Yeah, and she's like, well, I mean, I'm like 10% human by weight, <laughs> you know? So by molarity, I'm like, you know, but yeah, because like, sure, I could walk out of this circle, like, you know, yeah, I might be a puddle of slime afterwards, but I'll, I could do it. Yeah. And so she presses her finger against the edge of the circle and it resists her. She's stuck and she does not like being stuck. So uh, eventually he does let her out and he is very worried that she is no longer human. But she makes the point that, like you were saying, the the mantle of the Winter Lady is more than the night. It's not something she can take off. It is her now. Right. As much as she is Molly Carpenter, she is also the Winter Lady one in the same. Well, I mean, and it's more than, right? Like she she talks about it being more orders of magnitude complicated and, mm -hmm. you know, she, yeah, like it, splitting hairs, right? Like that's the whole point. Like which side is Molly and which side's the thing? Metaphysically by weight, you know, sure. Yeah, Molly would probably still be intact roughly plus or minus some extra trauma. But, you know, the, the thing that the mantle is, is like, you know, it, there's so much more power and so much more responsibility and just all of these things wrapped up in it versus this 20 something year old kid, you know, like yeah. metaphysically by weight, it, she's more winter lady, you know. Right. And it can't work any other way because otherwise it's like Ivy right. in the archive, you get problems. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, okay, sure. If she stops being the archive and becomes Ivy, then what? <laughs> you know, she yeah. goes to school because there's nothing else she's going to do. Like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, she sets the world to her will. Yeah, this was kind of a, this was kind of a sad chapter in the way that like, I don't know, like I said, Molly's like pretty, I, yeah, Molly's like my favorite character. And this was just like confirmation that we're never gonna see her as Molly again, unless something crazy happens and she gets the mantle removed somehow. But I, I highly doubt that that's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, it was weird. It was kind of a lot of a lot of information packed into one chapter. And I don't know about you guys, but I I read the book and then I listened to the audiobook. And I don't know if it was this way for you guys. It was a really weird read. Like even their dialogue and stuff felt like completely different. Um, and it wasn't until I I listened to the audiobook version that I was like, oh yeah, this is playing out. Like you know, it. I I would highly recommend listening to this book rather than reading it. Do you guys feel the same way at all? So I, I definitely prefer listening over reading in general. I don't remember. I read it and listened to it, and I don't remember specifically thinking this should be listened to rather than read. But in general, I prefer to rest in this really? audiobook. Right. Yeah. This was this was one of this was one of a couple chapters that I read. Uh, one of the other chapters being um, one of the next scenes where Harry goes to uh, Michael's and Sanya and Butters are fighting, and. It, it was one of a couple scenes where I was like, this just doesn't read the same as previous books. And I think there might've just been like a different like cadence to the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, but when I, when I actually listened to this book on audiobook, it, it made a lot more sense and it carried a better rhythm. I felt like. Right. It might feel a little more rough or, or, or um, um, out uh, different. I don't know, especially the, the, the Michael part. 
could easily yeah. be one of the things he put in to fill out for two books, like pretty yeah. last minute. But I don't know. That's just like I guess. Well, we we were talking a little bit before the show, and like in my opinion, I mean, both of them have problems, right? Like it's very clear it's been six years since we've done this. There are some yeah. there are some things you could contribute to editing. There are some things you could contribute to factual, you know, inaccuracies or or continuity errors. And then even Marsters, I feel like, yeah, I get some senses in some of the scenes where the voices weren't, you know, what we're used to for the last decade or whatever. You know? Yeah, for sure. But, but, you know, like, I think you, you almost need both. Like, if you want the whole experience, you definitely need to get yeah. in there because I get some of the details better when I read it, but I enjoy yeah. some of the delivery much better when I listen to it, you know, because exactly. Marsters definitely, like you said, he hits the cadence. There are some of the jokes, some of the deliveries that when I read them, I'm like, yeah, that's funny. That's great. I love that. And then when I listen to Marsters, that's when I got the actual emotion, you know, like right. that's where I get the casual dialogue or the Sonya laughing or the whatever, you know, like he really delivers a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm not going to say do it one over the other, but I do both. I mean, if you're really into it, this is something I don't understand about the whole audiobook process. This is not just James, this is other audiobooks I listen to as well. When enough time passes between the books for various reasons, and they're not like Sanderson who puts out a book all the time, uh, they, you know, isn't there some sort of direction, someone who's might be like, okay, James. Here we go. We're doing Dresden. You're doing these characters. Here are some audio snippets of these characters that you've done before. You'd prepare think so, for him, if nothing from else. The credits, like go look at go look at the uh, you know the actual pages and the details for some of the audiobooks. Like, isn't there a director, a producer? Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like yeah, four or five this, other people that are involved with the editing. Isn't process this, if nothing stuff. else, their responsibility? If James doesn't do it himself, he's too busy. He ha- he doesn't have time to do this prep work. Uh, to have uh, maybe have done all this like found each voice and have it ready so you can like oh this is how it sounds right. isn't there like wasn't shouldn't one of those people have done that not mad. apparently no <laughs> apparently well I, f- so, I feel like that's like just... and he's also talked about how like most of the time when he sits down to record it's like you are in a booth for eight hours good luck having lunch or going to the bathroom and you know whatever like i'm sure i'm sure there's a little bit more leeway than that maybe but you know like yeah I, it doesn't seem like we don't always get a pronunciation guide because that didn't happen until like what book three or four that we found out that it was she and it's Marcone instead of Marconi and you know stuff yeah. like that so like we all know those jokes but then even the editing isn't always there right like I'm pretty sure even in the version of of Peace Talks that I'm listening to like there's at least once or twice that he scooches back a couple of words and then he reads it again because there was there was obviously this needed to be edited out I think a lot of fans are familiar with the summer night, like, oh shit moment, you know, or oh yeah. fuck or whatever. Uh, you know, so like clear, clearly these things are supposed to happen and eventually do in some cases, but, you know, nobody is it's there just, to be like, James, you did, that's not what Ramirez sounded like back in White Night. That's for us fans, apparently. So <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, I get it, especially smaller productions or smaller books and, and, and less, but, but these, this is, you know, Dresden Files is one of the big ones in the fantasy space. One would think they would be. I don't know. Would, I don't know. It just it irks me. It, and and mostly, yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly it's fine. But there are some which is like that voice is just not the same, and you just instantly hear it. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different profession, obviously. Like we can think about, think about it all we want. I just don't understand why it's like, if you got one actor and he's the one that's basically doing the thing, why do we have a director and a producer? Like, it seems like that job could be filled in by the same person. You know, maybe your editor is different because it's a different skill set. But like, there are things about the business I don't understand clearly. So, anyway. Yeah. Did we have isn't a problem for... if you just read the book. <laughs> do we have anything else for 16? Yeah, like most of the oh, chapter. Yeah, like the <laughs> yeah, sorry, I kind of derailed it. <laughs> what? Us? Never. <laughs> oh, uh, Harry and Molly are talking. Uh, Harry has like an introspective moment of thinking of all of the damages that happened to Molly that led to her being the winter lady and blames himself for it. But Molly, I think she at some point she says, it's the past, leave it there. He gets her caught up on uh, bad things happening of like the embassy uh, burning down and she makes sure that her apartment didn't actually burn down and then realizes he's going to go get Thomas. Guns blazing. Uh, maybe she can do something to uh, let the Spartals ease up, but unlikely. And a uh, minor comment that she's been working in Eastern Russia for at least two weeks. Which seems interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. considering Lara made mentions about visas. Right. Like, why? Mm. What's in Eastern Russia? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Eastern Russians. Right. What kind of fae are in Eastern Russia? And some territory that probably doesn't actually belong to them, but we're not going to be able to determine socio-political economics of the world at the moment. Yeah. Of I mean, we could, Russia, but we're not we going to worry about. I don't think what the Eastern Russians. Is doing. I mean, Russia. Russia mostly takes borders as suggestions more than actual <laughs> guidelines, more than actual rules. <laughs> Please don't drink any tea from Russia. Anyway. Okay. Um, uh, no problem. I don't really drink tea there's kind of a thing of, you shouldn't do this because this is really bad. And Harry says, it's Thomas, right? It's Thomas. So like again and again, reestablishing that he's going to save his brother. I love my brother. Yes. Every other brother. chapter has to like restate that. Um, and Maybe he has this, us with it. people forget. There's a, a moment of, he tells her what he wants, but it doesn't tell the reader. And then she says, oh, that's tricky. It would be a little difficult, but this is going to be a favor. And that means it has to be returned and I will hold you to it. But also yeah. that this has more to do with her wizarding chops than it has to do with her. Yeah. So the skill needed is her wizarding abilities, but the favor still has to equal out. She right. is beholden to right. it. Right. And she basically makes him say it like three times in mm -hmm. hindsight. Like, yeah, which you know. like is both yeah. very kind of her to make sure you know what you're getting into and the like I promise three times it is uh, written in stone essentially and then it's the winter court so we kiss yeah yeah 99% sisterly yes <laughs> I don't like he's any judge right yeah thanks for that Luke and Leia so <laughs> thanks for that his own previous relationship with his yeah. foster sister <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey, now, there was no genetic overlap there. There's no stop genetic overlap here. E.G., stop trying to make arguments for the Molly and Harry shippers. <laughs> it's no. It's no. I frankly don't care. I've never, I've never seen the problem with that particular relationship no. if it ever came to be. I don't no, no, think no, no. it will, but I've never seen a problem with it. 
especially when we're talking about beans that live for centuries on end. I mean, Jesus Christ, get over it. Oh, leshy, that's what she's like. If I don't get the leshy numbers up, Mab's going to be mad. That's the song. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. You've done so much research, Alex. What is a leshy? Have you played uh, The Witcher 3? They're the leshies in the, the forest. They were badass uh, trees, creatures. They were, they're scary. Uh, they're ants? Yes, they're, they're malevolent ants. Okay, that's, that's cool. I know I haven't played it. I own it. Never gotten around to it. <laughs> Good. One day. All right. That done? is the end of chapter 16. We'll start. Wow, we made it 17. so far. Yeah. All right. Uh, the plug our shit. Leave it to us on the short book to fucking take as many as we took to go through skin game and cold days. Six years. Okay. <laughs> it's irrelevant if we're going to start getting fucking chapters for the next book, unfortunately, in the next week or so. Tuesday. It's supposed to happen. All right. Tuesday. Really? Yep. Yes. Uh, and I mean, what? That gives us four. So. Yeah. Four, five. Five. Oh, my God. No, it's, I mean, it's the end of the month. It was probably five. Because it's not, it doesn't release till the 29th, right? Yeah. It will finally happen. Know what happens to Thomas? Because that'll Tuesday happen chapter one. The... Okay. Yeah. So maybe it is only four. Whatever. Ah. It's annoying. I don't like it. You don't like early chapters? No. It's so he annoying. Like the drip feed. It, so I hate it. It's going to take a month to read the book, but how dare they give him a chapter a week? <laughs> I a chapter. I, one chapter would be you fine. Fucking, you fucking said it, Justin. One would be fine. I don't want to hear like five in a row where it's just this slow, agonizing pain. You're like you're like the the fucking uh, um, follow quests in, in RPGs. Like this is too slow. I want the half trots. You know, like yeah. my sprint that's too fast. But if I walk, it's too slow. Like oh. well, the other problem is there's simultaneously there's going to be that one tidbit that like everyone goes nuts over. But then you know nothing of huge value is also going to happen because otherwise there's no point in buying the book. Chapter four, somebody knocks on Michael's door. Motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have nothing else to plug except our other podcast. Yeah. Welcome RPG. to the Joseph Files podcast. Home go go buy our Patreon. Network. Click the yeah. drivethrough.rpg.net link. Come listen to us next week when we talk about what we talked about when we weren't recording. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, we Stories need to do some thumbnail in, for this one. In uh, uh, games. games. Stories and games. That's oh, what we, yeah, I said. Right. Did you? I, I said it. Control. You weren't there to hear it, but I oh, said okay. it. <laughs> yeah, I <love> it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I doubt it. It'll be great. EG needs to play a game first. So. Thanks. Yeah. This will uh, give you homework. I, Played games once upon a time. He's super good at homework, so you know. Listen, actually a master at Uno. Jedi Outcast Two was was always a favorite. Right, this is going to be your end to talking about Star Wars again. I was oh, very I thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bye. The Star Wars games are so great.